Hello, strangers on the internet, looking sharp and feeling edgy. Welcome to another episode of Nitwick, the podcast about friends and video games. This week we talk about Challenge, the kind that makes us kick in our couches and throw our controllers to the ground with vindictive rage. Will we overcome obstacles? Will we find glory? Will we unlock a hidden achievement? Hi, I'm Drew Facciano. And a fun fact about myself, one thing I'd like to do before I die is beat my friend Matt Brown at a round of Smash Brothers. It's impossible. Good luck. It will never happen. Yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> but it is one of the pettier ones that I would like to achieve. That Yeah, that's really petty. <laughs> that's really good because it's petty. And yeah. Just like, this is not, like, some people are like, oh, I want to I wanna be in space. I just want to beat Matt at Smash Brothers. <laughs> is that too much to ask for? It's not like I don't have big ones, but I feel like the petty ones are interesting, is all I can say. Mm. All right. Well, hello. My name is Adam. Um... And one life goal I wish to achieve would be, boy, I'd really like to finish all those games I bought. No, oh, like, yeah. actually beat those. That'd be a nice one. That's not petty, but it's just like, yeah. Anyways, hey there, everybody. I'm Zach. Um, and if I have one life goal, is I'd actually like to publish a game. Ooh, ooh. Sorry, it's not to. Let your me... life goal wasn't to stop talking over me. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I'm... <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, because I know both of you guys have a game that you have made and has been published. No, it's on the internet. It is there. Yeah. It's, it's out there. There's a let's play of it. That makes it official. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. Like, I would like to just make a game at some point and have, like, an official release. It would be nice. See, step one, become indie developer. Step two, start Kickstarter. Oh, man. What? I'm, like, mm. maybe in step one. <laughs> I'm maybe. happy for step five when you throw the victory party and we all come over to your house and celebrate. That's. The I don't know. I, I don't know. But... Mm. It would be a pretty rockin' party, I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. That would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Pretty good, pretty good. You know, I often think about making games, but they usually take longer than a week. So I'm gonna need you all to tell me about your weeks. Oh, Adam, let's see here. My week... <laughs> you like that You like that smooth transition? <laughs> it was what, smooth a, what a transition. Buttery. Thank you for calling it out to us. <laughs> the smoothest transitions are the ones you make immediately obvious. <laughs> oh god um i guess i'll go um my week has been all over the goddamn place it was quite ferocious this week as far as activities that had to be done but it was okay because during the weekend i got to relax chill out and see motherfucking black panther and and i was very happy to see that movie that is an excellent freaking film I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still coming down from it um it's it's pretty fantastic i liked it a lot Mm -hmm. like i i had heard lots of very good things like i didn't expect Mm -hmm. it to be bad but i i'm gonna let it wait a little bit but so far as far as the marvel movies goes i think it's one of the best ones they've done just it's so varied they've got so much cool stuff going on i i love the spears i'm I'm stop i'm gonna stop i don't want to spoil i don't want to spoil for anyone who hasn't seen it but um, that's right aka me (laughs) <laughs> that's right because i saw it like maybe last week and then drew saw it so now we're waiting on zach then yep. we can all chat about it yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. be fantastic you know that part in the movie that's really really good remember oh, that part gosh. oh man i remember that part <laughs> remember this other part that was really really good oh man that uh... part was crazy wasn't it insane when such and such happened yeah, the thing when it happened, and then that thing happened. Oh Shit. God, I love that thing. I love that thing, but I hate that person. Oh, they're so bad. Zach, are you mm. annoyed yet? I'm, I'm somewhere <laughs> in that realm. That possibility space has been open to me. I didn't yeah. know I could feel this level of frustration 
But <laughs> then I remember some of the games I've played, and yes, I can. Um, mm, that's good. Adam, I hear you week. had a week. I, I hear you had a week as well. Mm. I had a week. Mm. Well, let's see. What did I do with my week? All right, boys. It finally oh. happened. What happened? Okay. What happened, I have, Adam? I have completed Persona Five. <gasps> yes. The prophecy. Oh, yes. <laughs> Guys, I literally have not stopped thinking about Persona 5 since I beat it. Oh, I'm so Uh, excited. I'm so so excited. I beat it a couple days. I think I beat it, uh, not this week, but the last weekend. Um, I actually stayed up till about 5 in the morning and beat that game. Holy crap. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Um, Because, uh, as that kind of knows, the ending of that game is like, hey, buckle up. We're about to go places. And it then just goes. It never stops. There's there's never a good point to jump off. Yeah, so... Like the the it's true. Like the ending segment of the game is just this. Like I would say, like five hour stretch of it, this into Christ. this into this into this, and you're just like, yeah. do I get to save at some point? I wish the game had warned me about this. At least like I play Final Fantasy fourteen, and sometimes they're like, hey, this cutscene's gonna take like twenty minutes. If you gotta take a break, take a break now. <laughs> um, but I absolutely adore. Persona 5, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, so fantastic, in fact, that Zach and I are going to be doing a bonus round at the end of this episode. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I, I was screaming about how giddy I was about Adam beating this. It was mostly because I get to do a bonus round. Uh, Drew will be sitting that one out because we're going we're gonna to be going all in and like talking about this game. <laughs> yeah, we, don't we... Want, we don't want Drew spoiled on this. Yeah, we're going to be spoilers, in spoilers, and I do, in fact, want to actually play this game. I... It's in my list. It's in you my list. You should do it. Whatever do you're it. playing right now, throw it away. I know. Like, dude, you have that and you have Nier Automata to play, which is funny know, because those are the I'm, things I suggested to you. This is what I'm supposed to be playing, and now you're going to force me to throw that aside oh so God. I can play this other amazing wait, thing. Uh, wait a second. I did mean, you start I, playing? I am. Did you start playing Nier Automata? Um, it's, I was planning on doing it, but I mean, you know. Right, we'll okay, for it. Well, don't, don't worry about it. Nier Automata is like a 40-hour game. Put your 40 hours into it. Don't but be this like, is like me in Russia. hour game. You're giving me like all these hours of playtime. Listen, I can man. I only do so com- much. Compared but one man. Compared to Persona Five, Nier Automata is nothing. Adam, mm. can you do me a favor? So, how many hours oh. was it to uh, complete this thing for you? I. Not- oh boy. Um, Zach, do you remember your final playtime? About 120 hours. Jesus. I, I had 135. Yeah. Jesus, I'm gonna try speedrunning. That's uh, that's a good little luck. Hard. Well, little uh, don't worry. We can talk about ways that maybe you can get around, and make this quicker in our episode on challenge. But I'm gonna move on to other things in my week. Mm, what yeah. else, uh, happens, Adam? So, uh, so we're gonna be doing bonus round Persona Five. Uh, and since I beat that game, um, I also finally set up my Nintendo Switch, and I am playing Breath of the Wild. I am. I have eyes on the Switch in the dock next to me right here, and Zelda is sitting next to it. Um, Yay. Quick impressions. <laughs> that's that's a fucking good... That's a good game. That's yeah. a really good game. It. The, well, I, I will definitely say the visuals are super nice, and it's it feels really nice to play. Um, this is one of those fun games that I was playing when my parents walked in, and they just happened to like stop and look at it, and like, it's so gorgeous. I was like, yeah, I know, Mom and Dad, but I'm trying to fight this Moblin. Please, they're really <laughs> strong. <laughs> yeah that's that's something i was not expecting zach uh i kind of oh. heard that the game was hard but boy i didn't expect to get one shot right out the gate yeah that's something that that i get i got surprised by is that like 
three hearts is nothing. No. Three hearts I mean, is you're dead. <laughs> um, but Breath of the Wild is fantastic. I'm not too terribly far in because I'm getting that, like, Skyrim thing of, hey, what's that over there? Hey, what's that over there? Oh, yeah. I should start exploring, or stop exploring and go do the thing at some point, but... But yeah, no, it, it is super fun to play. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I smell a bonus round when you finish this game. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's probably going to be a bonus round as well. Exciting. So we will have another bonus round for Zelda as well, is what you're saying. On top yeah, of the bonus rough. round for, for Black Panther, on top of the bonus round for... We're going to have so many bonus rounds in the near future, you guys. It's going to be great. I think it's because bonus rounds are sort of like replacing our, like, let's all talk about that one thing we did. I like mm-hmm. it. I like it. And if... We won't do Bloodborne episodes. We're going to do Bloodborne bonus rounds. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the way we're going. Mm-hmm. Probably. Sneak peek listener. To, to cap off the week, I played more Monster Hunter World good stuff and i played some dragon ball fighters equally good stuff uh so i had a busy week or so yeah exciting yeah well zach did anything happen to you this week was it a week of fun and joy so i i played a bunch of legend of zelda and i got to a point where i I have unlocked all the divine beasts Mm -hmm. um which are the big sort of like dungeons of the game i'm i've got like 15 hearts at this point i got the master sword i have i'm working my way to a third stamina wheel like i'm pretty far into the game and i was having a conversation with my brother because he's beaten it um and two things that are very important uh i was told of one i am more than ready to go against ganon which makes Mm -hmm. me very happy and two when you beat ganon you can literally set the game back to just before you beat ganon so you can go do all the other stuff after you beat the bad guy Hmm, well that's cool yeah, that's, that's kind of been feature. a staple of the games where it's like, hey, you did this thing, uh, but now mm. we're gonna give you the option to go out and go and like keep exploring or doing stuff. Yeah, and I'm I'm pretty appreciative of those. So like the next time I turn on Breath of the Wild, I'm probably just gonna go do the Ganon fight and see if you how that can. If I can, indeed. Uh-huh. So that's Wait, that. Do you have an Overwatch uh-huh. League update for us? Yes. Oh, I want to hear it. Oh, what do you want to? Wait, what do you want to hear about? I on anything. I just want an Overwatch League update. Oh, the Overwatch League update. Okay. Sorry, I like you were cutting in and out for a bit. Um, oh, dear. Oh, so, dear. Overwatch League update, because Overwatch League started again this week. Um, uh, let oh, me, boy. Let me come over here to the schedule. Um, big things to note, like big things that are non-SF Shock related is the Houston Outlaws are playing stupid good. Um, and they're, they're like, they beat Spitfire, which is a pretty, pretty strong accomplishment. And then they shut out the Boston Uprising. Um, but for the San Francisco Shock, we have an utterly disappointing week where we got completely shut out by the Los Angeles Gladiators, and then mm. we managed to pull one map off of Soul Dynasty, but still lost the other two, putting us at a 3-9 record. I'm depressed. We're doing it, y'all. <laughs> we're doing it. Yeah, we're in the big leagues. <laughs> uh, the other thing to note about the SF Shock is uh, they have this cheering thing for Overwatch now. And sort of like, mm-hmm. uh, you can like cheer for your teams, and you get like rewards for it. Um, and when you watch matches, you get Overwatch League tokens, which makes me very happy. Um, mm-hmm. But so here's the thing, guys. What's up, Zach? What's the thing? Um, they have a rankings of who's getting cheered for the most. Mm-hmm. And San Francisco. Is it you? No. They, and all oh. the teams are listed. All twelve of the teams are listed. San Francisco Shock is at the bottom of this list. Wow! Wow! No team pride. No home team pride. Yeah. Well, maybe if they didn't have a three nine record, there would be more cheering. Yeah, I know. I'd I'd prefer them to not have a three nine record. Um, 
And I guess, like, individual players to look out for, Baby Bay hasn't been doing that great, but Dante, their Tracer player, formerly a pro Minecraft player? Um, How do you do that? He used to stream Minecraft. I'm Uh. more shocked that there... I'm more SF shocked that there's a fucking term called pro Minecraft player. Yeah, I don't know if I'd call it pro. I think it's just a dude who streamed Minecraft competitive. Um, Mm. Anyways, that guy's their Tracer player. He's been doing surprisingly good. Like he's but if you pl- look on the if you look on the Gladiator team, Dante's getting blown the fuck out by Virgil, who plays a Reaper. Oh no! Mm, oh no! Oh, no! Man. No! No! Now Virgil's motivated. Oh what? no! Wait, Adam, is that really true, or are you just pulling the leg? Yeah, uh, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. Um, that's oh Dante! Oh god damn it! I fucking <laughs> this was stupid. Okay, <laughs> I now get great. the joke. Um, so the last thing I want to mention is uh. I have been playing, I bought the expansion for Civilization VI, mm-hmm. and I have been playing it a lot. I Well, over this weekend, I've been playing it a ton, and I started playing as the Kree, and I've been in, It's it's been a wonderful journey where I got stuck in a tundra, and I was just like, how do I grow food? Um, well, don't worry, dude, it's already refrigerated for you. And, well, this is until I, I got a religion, I had all my cities picked up that religion, and that religion is the one that um, I, I took all of the upgrades I could get. Were all just about giving food to my to my to my nation. Mm-hmm. And so now all my cities are like normal sized, and I'm like, thank the goodness I got this. <laughs> like, if I didn't pick up this religion and have all this extra food, I'd be totally screwed in this game because I was pinned up in a top corner. But you're still in the tundra, right? Yeah, I'm still in the tundra. You have um, any plans of getting out of the tundra? Well, I have no. Been. Oh, so my neighbors consist of Russia, okay. Scotland, and the Aztecs. How far away is Scotland? About a yard. Right. Uh, yeah. There you go. Um, he is. Ayo. Scotland ah. is directly next to my directly next to me, and I have an intensely strong alliance with the guy. I have no. an intensely strong alliance with Scotland. It makes me very happy. Um, but I'm also next to the Aztecs. Who have been utterly aggressive to me the entire game and massive assholes. And I just said, fuck it. And so I took one of their major cities and then their capital literally rebelled against them. Wow. Well. Yeah. It became a free city. And then I took it. Wow. That's Zach, uh, yeah. that's you're a pretty conqueror. mean. Oh, you're yeah. You're a conqueror, Zach. I, well, see, listen, man. The Aztecs are dicks. I'm sorry to hear it. <laughs> and that's all. In this. In this game, not in... Listen, all you Aztecs who happen to be listening, this is a no Aztec hate speech. Zach, I have but one question for you. Would you consider them to be a challenging foe? What? Are the Aztecs a challenging foe? Ah, I would say nay. But I have found other challenging foes. Whoa. Really? If only we could talk about these challenges in a format that we could, like, broadcast. But not just broadcast in, like, a pod. But broadcast like we're casting a pod across across yeah. this great world of ours, across yeah. across the internet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What? All right, all right. It's time. That, it's time. I think it's time we talk about challenging games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gentlemen, this week's topic is challenging games, and uh, I don't think it needs much explanation. Sometimes you play a game. Sometimes it's real easy, and you're like, "Oh, cool, that was easy." Sometimes it's hard, and you shake your fist in rage. Um. Sometimes you take your controller and you bash it against a couch and it breaks the controller and you're just like, damn, I didn't know I could do that. <sighs> that's Speaking a little, from experience. Uh, that's a little, yeah, that yeah. might have been a thing that happened in the past. 
I, so, I, you know, I learned many things from games. Patience was not one of them. Mm. Um, so let's just get going with our first question, guys. And our first question is, what, or sorry, not what, but how do you like to be challenged in a game? What kind of a, what kind of a challenge level do you guys roll with? Are you hardcore? Are you super hardcore? Do you play it for the story? You know. So when I initially read this question, mm-hmm. I thought of the different kinds of challenge that is you can mm-hmm. face in a game i see i literally went thematic with it rather than difficulty well my goodness what a hot <laughs> wow. take um, tell us all wow. about it so i my three biggest challenges challenges mm-hmm. that i get in the game the first is a is strategic challenge um okay. making plans and executing them i guess tactical challenge would be the execution but um but basically like planning and figuring things out um the next kind of challenge is teamwork challenges is why i like multiplayer games sort of like this is why i like playing overwatch a bunch is is working with other people to accomplish a task mm-hmm. um i find that really interesting when the other people are invested in it um mm. when they're not it's utterly frustrating yeah that, and, i like teamwork challenge but yeah that can be a, a hassle sometimes and mm. if you'll allow me to put on my hipster hat my final challenge is narrative challenge whoa, whoa. straight on the head um <laughs> And what I mean by that is in the way that, like, a book or a movie can challenge you. Oh, mm. not just that the words were really hard to read and, like, somebody kept closing the book <laughs> midway through. That'd be very challenging. Yeah. It's hard to it's hard to read War and Peace when somebody keeps coming by and closing the book. Um, I think that's a different yeah, type I've, of challenge. But, <laughs> not one uh, of the core yeah, three tenants. But in terms of, like, difficulty, it depends on the game for me. Like... I'll play at a high level of certain kinds of challenge. Like, I play Overwatch competitively uh, in the competitive mode. And I played Bloodborne, which is sort of this, like, action game. And it's, it's a challenging game. And so I played to that. But for me, it's mm-hmm. kind of dependent. And most of the time, especially when I play, like, more RPG-style stuff, I'm usually playing it for the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. So, like, most of the time, it's, it, it's mostly a, fuck it, let's do story time. Mm-hmm. But there are certain games that I, I like to have the notched up difficulty and have a stronger feeling of accomplishment so Uh, it's like genre specific for you like depending on what you're engaging with like i'm guessing for like a tactical challenge you're willing to crank things up pretty high just because you really dig that stuff yeah um i tend to play this is funny because i i'm gonna talk about this is weird i tend to almost always play normal it's sort of like a rare exception when the normal is just harder like, say, with a Bloodborne or a Dark Souls. Those those are actually really good in terms of, like, what kind of challenge that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's... Most of the time, I just play the normal difficulty and mm-hmm. just play through it on that. Um, and even with, like, Civ and stuff, I tend to play around that area. Although, with Civilization, I've learned that, like, once I get used to it... Like, I'm getting used to the expansion, so I'm playing on, like, Prince right now just to get used to all the mechanics. Once I get used to it, I tend to play up a few levels higher because I just... You know, I like it when the AI is a little bit smarter, a little bit more aggressive... Mm. and there's just something more to play with i see you want that engagement you want some like Mm -hmm. legitimate challenge and frustration along the path to glory is what you're saying yeah okay Mm. that's cool i like it hmm yep all right drew which one of us is gonna go first this is our next challenge oh you know what adam wait wait adam oh okay well (laughs) i guess i got one um what i kind of challenges i like uh one i like the kind of teamwork co-op challenges like zach was talking about um Mm -hmm. because it's a really fun like mindscape that you got to be in to kind of not only just know the game yourself but also 
your teammate knows and it, it feels really cool to like have you and your teammate kind of coordinating all this uh they can be really fun but it can be kind of a bummer when you have teammates that just aren't as i guess the word would be invested in it like mm-hmm. if you're trying to win and then they're like oh no we're just kind of doing our own thing I actually really like games that kind of challenge your reflexes and mm-hmm. pattern recognition and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, that's kind of why I really like action games. Um, that's why I really, you know, like, that, like Devil May Cry or like Dark Souls or like Monster Hunter is a really good like recent example where it's like you need to be able to recognize so many things that are going on all at once. And I really like games that kind of challenge, you know, they're kind of constantly throwing things at you. And it's like, like with your knowledge of the game, how quickly are you able to kind of recognize and adapt to certain situations Mm. um rpgs are a lot of fun just because they're kind of it's kind of fun to kind of work out like how like all the mechanics mingle mingle together and stuff like that oh yeah Uh, and then i um i really like platformers platformers are fun but i'm also terrible at them especially when you get to like the higher the higher end levels like i can't do these jumps anymore game and I know that sounds really weird because there's I like games that challenge your reflexes, but sometimes platformers take it a step too far. It's like stop, stop! I can't do this. Hmm. I mean, to yeah. be fair, like platforming is weird because like it was introduced to me as something very simple, like you know Mario, and then mm-hmm. like you know the like Super Meat Boy happened, and then suddenly it was super hip to make the most ridiculously over the top platformers. Like, do you remember that game? I want to be the guy. Do you oh, fuck yeah. that game? <laughs> hate that Uh, game so much i remember trying to beat it thinking oh i'm gonna be the cool guy who gets really far in this game and i i i think i got past like five screens if i'm being generous with myself see i'm honest with myself and how much challenge i do not enjoy from any kind of platformer because i looked at that game i played a little bit of it and went this ain't for me (laughs) well zach you weren't raised on sonic for audience members who don't know uh i want to be the guy was kind of a rom hack together game uh it's a platformer it's also fucking bullshit mm-hmm. it's really hard like almost unnecessarily so but i guess whatever definitely unnecessarily so it was designed with the sole intention of like dicking the player over there's a very famous part in it where a cutscene is happening that's straight out of castlevania and dracula throws his glass and you need to dodge when he throws his glass in the cutscene otherwise you die <laughs> So you know that was some that was some good, like you're in a cutscene for fuck's sake. I think that's its own special realm of challenge. What kind of challenge do you like, Drew? Okay, um, for me, I like to play something that feels appropriate for the game I'm playing. Right? Like, have you ever played a game that was severely like unchallenging, where you set yourself on medium, and as a result, like you would have these big dramatic cutscenes and like big huge events happening, and then it's like you click a few buttons and the guy's dead. I don't like yeah. that. I like it when, like, I'm narratively engaged and the appropriate level of challenge is there for me. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I I really like Devil May Cry. I I like Metroid in part because it doesn't really hold your hand. There's a lot of kind of, like, figure things out for yourself. I I guess I like that kind of challenge. I like it when there's kind of a mystery. It's kind of like a slow unwinding of, like, this weird puzzle before me. Um, Mm Mm-hmm which almost kind of feels Devil May Cry to me too. Like, obviously the combat is like the important part of that game, but figuring out how to beat enemies in an effective manner with style and pizzazz is its own kind of Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. It it feels different from like, it definitely reflexes are important and I do enjoy that. 
but I think there's something else there as well. But that's just me sort of fanboying over Devil May Cry. So maybe no, I'll step away from that for a little bit. I, I think saying. that's that's totally fair. Like those kind of games are like the ones that like the challenge that feels really good, at least mm-hmm. for me, and it sounds like for you, are the ones that are like they keep offering you these like small pieces and it's only until you've kind of been like, well, what if I take this and this and do this? Or what if I use this move at this point? And oh my God, I can do this? Yeah. Amazing. That, that's usually what does it for me. Like I'm less about mastery and more about discovery, right? Like mm, right. it's like, wait, this combo completely breaks the game and this guy's dead now. I knew I could do it. Ha ha. Um, or, you know, like if I'm playing something like Halo, I try to do legendary um, unless it starts beating me <laughs> over the head and it becomes frustrating. Like, like when things become frustrating for me, like I, it's a game. Like I have a, a very specific threshold of like, you know what? I only got so many hours in a day. I, I almost always played Halo on hardcore rather than legendary specifically because mm-hmm. of that. Like legendary exists to be so difficult the whole game revolves around its difficulty Mm -hmm. like that's the challenge of legendary is how do i go through all of these encounters in a way in which i can beat the enemies um and it turns it turns every combat into a puzzle and for me i was like for me i was always like i need a little bit more flexibility when i'm playing or like i'd prefer to be able to just i want a hard fight so i play hardcore but i don't want to like have to puzzle through every single encounter i'd like to be able to ad hoc a few things i want to be able to like charge in get a few hits in and then pull back reassess do it again um Mm -hmm. rather than just like all right you know like all right how do i piece together this encounter how do i land this all sort of perfectly together so that i beat my opponents and i would yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that's fair yeah i remember I remember Legendary being, like, the big thing with Halo. It was always like, oh, you beat this game on Legendary. You're the best. Like, and I, can't no. beat it on, I can't beat it on normal. I'm terrible at Xbox FPS. I think yeah, that that's one so... thing. When I was younger, bragging rights over games was a much bigger thing. Like, as an adult, oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't care. Like, you know, enjoy, enjoy your time. Enjoy what you have. But when I was young, I was like, damn it. I need to be, I need Dante must die mode. I need to show people that I can do it. I need oh, to man. prove myself. I... I need to invite people over to my house for the sole intention of booting up my PlayStation 2 and showing them this clear save. If you want something Fuck you, really... Timmy. Look at my double S ranks. <laughs> if you want something really embarrassing... Um, I, I do. <laughs> I used to be really, really into um, the multiplayer for Sonic the Hedgehog 2. What? Um, Wait. Like... Like I had Let's... a brother, right? I like I have okay. a brother, Danny, and like okay. that was one of the games we had that had multiplayer, and so like we would that was how we would compete with each other. And then uh, my friend Amir would come over, and he would just be like, "Oh my god, I need to beat Amir at Sonic Adventure 2. I need to be the best." Oh my god! And he wow. was like, "Was Amir like really good?" <laughs> no, he was oh, just man. really competitive. Like it was a matter of like I owned it, so it wasn't just good enough to beat him. I was like, "No, I need to show my stuff." I oh to... wow! Why the hell would I <laughs> play this game with you? Because Amir. Was super competitive dude like do oh you not God. remember uh that's yeah. true i mean he still kind of is like i was literally playing magic with him today and oh dear like he's he's still a very competitive man mm. he's so I, competitive I... he reached across the table at one point and slapped all of my mana off the table and said that doesn't count it's like shit uh, <laughs> i don't know why i like that idea just like, like this man i know your lands off and just can't have mana anymore <laughs> uh see the, the problem was that we were playing against keenan and Keenan is a man who has cards who can do that. Oh, dear. Oh, jeez. Oh, dear. Uh, um, well, on that note, um, I, maybe it's time to go to our next question. We're talking all about challenge. Um, what about 
when challenge becomes just raw frustration for you? Like, what's that threshold of, like, this is fun to, like, oh my god, fuck all of this, I'm done. And, again, throwing controller at couch scenario that totally never happens. Um, so there's there's two points for this. One, um, this is the point where I, I just stopped doing it, is sort of like the legendary mode. What I was talking about is like the legendary mode, when the challenge becomes the game. Mm-hmm. Like, when the entire game warps itself around the the difficulty of beating each sort of thing that comes up Hmm. um and i think there's there's something to be gained by playing at that difficulty but for me that becomes the frustration point of just like i don't want to do this anymore so let me see if i get this straight so you're kind of saying like in legendary and you maybe you already said this it it kind of almost seems to break what was pre-established just to be harder kind of yeah i think i think a lot of what happens in like legendary is you can get insta-gibbed or uh or you know you're much you you are much more fragile you have less ammo it takes way more ammo to kill enemies and so it just it warps the game around its own difficulty and i th- i don't mm-hmm. think halo does that bad of a job but it does enough of it in, in legendary mode that i just don't like playing it yeah um uh, i think i was i was gonna say like any challenge in a game becomes frustrating when you begin to think it's unfair and especially when it like it starts like, hey, we've given you this thing and you've had it for like the entire game. We're just going to randomly tweak it for no other reason than, hey, this is now hard mode kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so the other thing is uh, when does challenge become frustration is a lot of times uh, for me, it becomes frustration when I have exhausted all my strategies to to overcome a challenge and none of them work. And I, I'm like mm. ramming my head against the wall repeatedly at that point. Mm-hmm. um this happened to me uh this happened to me when i was uh just for for an example that's not like specifically around the difficulty rating um this happened to me when i was fighting against martyr Lagarius in bloodborne oh yeah yeah that's fair <laughs> oh Lagarius. yeah Lagarius is a I difficult encounter i remember wasting a good afternoon trying to beat him um i remember getting a brain freeze fighting him uh <laughs> Well, that's because because I fought Martyr Darius in the summer, and while I was trying to fight him, my mom came and said, hey, it's really hot today, which is funny because Castle Kanehurst is in the snow. Yeah. Hey. That's goofy. And she's like, it's really hot. Do you want to go get a Slurpee? I was like, sure. So I had this giant Slurpee while I'm trying to fight Martyr Lagarius, and at one point, I got so mad, I just, I was like, fuck you, Martyr Lagarius, and I took this, like, giant gulp of the Slurpee, and it gave me a brain freeze. <laughs> oh, jeez. But yeah, oh so... So for me, like that becomes a point of frustration. And I remember I was I was trying to beat Martyr Lucarius in the summer, and I'm I might have told you guys this before, but in when it gets hot in my apartment, my room especially gets really hot. Mm. And then I have the TV on, I have the PS4 on, I usually have the computer on. So the, the heat levels, off. the pants. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, Drew. You say yeah. this as a joke. That no, actually happens. I say happens. it as truth. You've told this it's... to us multiple times. <laughs> it gets oh. real hot and I take off my pants. But I take off my pants. I take off my shirt. I'm just sitting here in my underwear. Um, but when it gets that hot and I'm getting really frustrated, I can't beat Martin Lagarius. It is the one time I have ever thrown my PS4 controller. Wow. That costs like 60 bucks. <laughs> uh, well, did it break? Here's the thing. I got so frustrated I, want, I wanted to throw it. So I did. But I looked at the floor and said, controllers are expensive, and then threw it on my bed. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I have a similar story. I'll, I'll take the question real quick. Um, yeah. 
So when does cha uh, challenge become frustration? Uh, like I said, any time you kind of get into that mindset of this is unfair, you've kind of already lost the fight kind of thing. But sometimes that's not totally untrue that it's become unfair. Uh, I get really frustrated with the game. Uh, I'm very much like Zach with this when I get very frustrated when I basically tried all like all the options I can think of to try to beat overcome a challenge. And, I, and what gets me is when I feel like the controls are what's stopping me from doing yes. it. Yes. Oh my Oof. god, um, yes. So, there was a game called Killer is Dead by Suda51. Mm -hmm. And Killer is Dead is super stylish. It's an action game. It, it really seems like it should have been just a fantastic game. The problem is the lock-on for this game is oh, borderline no. like, unplayable in certain zones. Um and there was one challenge where you had to, um, I think it was, you have to, like, fight, you have to hit these exploding enemies into a giant boss, and the giant boss will one-shot you. Um, and it was, like, one, it's exactly like Zach said, it has now changed how the game works just to be, like, super, like, difficult. And I get that was kind of the chat, like, it's an extra challenge, so I get that, but it was also, like, the fucking timing window to block changed. And it's like, alright, hold up, that's some crap. Uh, but the problem I had was the controls just never felt responsive enough to actually do what I needed to do. And I got so frustrated. I remember holding the PS3 controller and almost like snapping it in half. Oh, I remember Christ. I remember both analog sticks were like popped up off the, the thing and I had to like press them back down. Oh, wow. It was like, just, oh, I'm, I'm so mad I'm at the only one who's done this. <laughs> I'm so mad at this game. Uh, so oh, that's for me where it's like, mm boy, these controls are getting me real bad. It, I just, something something about it, and I feel like a kind of, like it's, an, I'm pulling John's here, or there's like an excuse, like, oh, the controls aren't working, but like, sometimes they aren't helping either. Hmm. No, yeah. that's, that's totally fair. I It's funny you bring that up, because um, today I overheard a conversation with someone. Um, I was out to lunch, and I just like, the people next to me were talking about video games. And Wow, um, what? Yeah. That, wait a sec. No, no, no. We need to stop on this for a moment. This Why? happens to you? It doesn't happen to me. Zach, let what, me tell my story. Let games? me tell my story. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what happened was um, this one person was saying uh, to their friend, yeah, you know, um, you should come play FIFA with us sometime. We were having tournaments set up. And what was going on is the person basically said, oh, you know, I have trouble with games because, like, I get the I get them in my hands and it takes, like, so long to figure out how to even play it that I just become frustrated and I can't do it. And it goes directly to, like, having cumbersome controls, like you were saying, Adam. Like, it, I feel like that as a challenge, as just, like, a barrier of entry to enjoying something. Like, I need to master not just the systems of a game, but, like, the subsystems, the different button inputs. Like, that can be a real, like, game breaker for me. That can be a real, like, oh mm -hmm. my god, like, I have to wait three seconds. Like, a sloppy, a sloppy response time, right? Like, that'll just... Yeah. ruin me because like that if frustration is coming from oh i'm doing things correctly but it's just not it's just happening not looking yeah. yeah happening thank you i couldn't find the word but if things don't happen then it's like oh this is yeah. an intended I, challenge this is just just bullpucky challenge that i do not need in my life this, do not want it this reminds me a lot of why people <clears throat> have trouble getting into fighting games and even i have this trouble sometimes where it's like uh fighting games <clears throat> at their very highest level are all mind games of positioning of all right this move can beat this move and in this situation i should do x y and z to get this favorable situation but the mm -hmm. part that so many people get stuck at is the input and like execution barrier where they just like 
they do a super move and like that alone is like enough and it's like but you lost it's like but i did the super move and like but you're not really playing the game till you can like perfectly or like consistently do those uh things and i know that's kind of why a lot of people get turned off on fighting games it's just like mm. i can't i can't do what i wanted to do i know what i should have done but i can't do the move um i don't know if you guys ever had that uh, I, I know I i've met a couple with, people that with fighting games i've definitely had that just like where it's like okay i need to perfectly time this specific combo and then another combo and then another combo and it's so case specific that i don't really feel like i'm doing anything correctly even if i get the move like mm -hmm. weirdly specific but i feel you you know what i mean yeah i mean i really like fighting games because i i like the 1v1-ness uh mm -hmm. I guess that, that that's the kind of challenge I also like. It's where you give two players almost identical like sets of things and just say, "All right, go at each other." And mm -hmm. I think that's why I like mm -hmm. like fighting games so much. Um, huh. But it can be very difficult to actually get anywhere good at them because of how many buttons and stuff you got you got to do. So I I picked up um, what was it Persona Four Arena, mm -hmm. and I I very much enjoyed it because it had an auto combo, but like. It was hard for me to, like, get into actually doing combos and setting it up. There was a huge barrier to entry just to get the controls down um, for yeah. for fighting games. And it's just like... Uh -huh. Well, a lot of my modern fighting games are trying to become more accessible. Mm -hmm. um, and this kind of speak. This is kind of a little preview of a later question of, like, role of challenge. But, like, a lot of fighting games these days will... Because, like, Dragon Ball Fighters has it... Um, and Persona 4 Re had a, an mm. auto combo, which was, if you mash this, you'll do this very standard out-of-the-box combo that you can kind of use to get yourself to kind of a middle playing field so you can kind of master the positioning and all that stuff first. Uh, yeah. Guilty Gear actually has a whole mode called Stylish Mode, where it all simplifies right. inputs so you can just do the things that look cool and worry about execution later. Mm. And I think that's a really cool trade-off, because it's like, okay... You're only going to get these three pre-made combos, but you know for a fact you can do them. So worry about your defense and your positioning. Uh, and I think that's actually one of the things that modern games are actually getting better about is mm. modifying challenge. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, like, I, there's no question on this, but yeah, modifying challenge is a really interesting subject early games like i think the idea of challenge was very much tied to you know like okay if it's harder then like people are going to pay more quarters to get it right mm -hmm. and then that just got baked into what games were sure and i think yeah. now it's like you you want people to not leave the game now that they own it you know you want them yeah. to keep going back to it i think the philosophy has changed a little bit yeah definitely for at mm -hmm. least arcades it was like how many quarters can you eat and then <laughs> sometimes for difficulty it was uh this person just paid this amount of money we need to make sure the game lasts long enough so make it super hard Mm, mm, stuff God. like that but yeah metal slug stole money from me like the dickens like oh it, oh it would have been easier if it had just robbed me like honestly <laughs> <laughs> what's weird is that's a game oh where God. it was actively being cheap with me like it was doing stuff that was like really designed to just kill you but i never felt cheated in it like i think it's because it handled so well right like Games that handle well, games that, like, give me, like, all my options up front, I never feel like they're that challenging. Like, even Bloodborne, like, it's intentionally yeah. obtuse. It has systems that you just need to figure out. But, like, you pretty much have access to everything from the get-go. You just kind of got to, like, learn how everything mm. works. Yeah. yeah. I guess I'm going for, like, an easy-to-learn, hard-to-master idea, but maybe oh, that's yeah. all played out. Mm -hmm. uh, I was going to say, like, the two games for me that 
I can think of right now that are like modern games that are handling challenge really well mm-hmm. um, are actually Breath of the Wild and Metal Gear Solid Five. I really? think huh. do really interesting things. Uh, a lot of modern games try to say, "Hey, there are multiple ways you can play this game." You know, there's like combat or stealth and all that, all the in between. Mm-hmm. And sometimes games that try to do that, like have these multiple routes, uh, end up like one route is easier than the other. So you pick the easier one unless you really want to go for the harder one for right. some reason. So, mm-hmm. for example, in Skyrim, you can stealth arrow everything to death. Yeah. But that might be more difficult or easier than trying to go up and fight the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so far, with Breath of the Wild and from what I've played of Metal Gear Solid Five, those two games, like give you so many options that it's like all right here's this encounter just go at it however you see fit and we're going to give you all the tools up front to do it yeah thing like like that's one of the reasons i love breath of the wild because you'll run into these enemy camps and the challenge is there because you know you have to be careful of the enemies but there's so many tools of how i want to approach the situation that i never feel uh it unfair kind of thing Hmm. that's right hmm. but yeah. yeah well if you guys don't mind, I'd like to get to our next question then, because you're kind of leading into it, Adam. Okay. And, and that next question would be, what's a, this is bragging rights time. What oh, is boy, a challenge in a game that you've overcome that you were just super proud of that you just want to talk about? Can like, I just... I know so, you've got a few. So firstly, Lugarius, again. I did beat Lugarius. Oh, I, didn't know you, I didn't know you beat Lugarius. Wait, what? <laughs> no, I, oh, I yeah. didn't know. I beat Bloodborne. <laughs> what? Uh, hold on. Hold on, Zach. You don't have to beat Martyr Lugarius. I know you don't he have to optional. beat... You don't have to beat Lugarius. I did beat Lugarius. I beat him years ago. But but yeah, so that's that's the first one, I guess. Um, Can I ask you, what was the game-winning like thing that got you the win on Lugarius? On Lugarius? It... it was... I was down to a, the, my last... I, I think I had used up all my blood vials. So I was on my last bit of health. And I was like, I am doomed. Um, and I remember starting off... Uh, I had to learn how to parry just to beat Lugarius. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's so, fair that's, so i i had to go and learn that so i was doing that at the beginning but i was like burned down to my last few vials and he sort of lunged at me and i saw an opportunity and so i took my two-handed uh, uh what is it called ludwig's holy blade mm-hmm. and i just i swooped in and made a desperate swing and it got him down and i was just like oh thank goodness <laughs> <laughs> but yeah very cool yeah um, I actually had another one, uh, but I'll go to it after you guys have done yours. Hmm. All right. Let's uh, see here. Uh, Adam, you got any in particular or anything? Anything you're super uh, hyped and proud about? There was one that was pretty hyped. I need to stop clicking my tongue. Uh, there was a section in God of War 1 on the PlayStation 2 in the Pillars of Hades. Mm-hmm. And this section, for a game that I had pretty much, even for being hard, uh, I was only playing on a normal and even then it's still pretty difficult but since i was pretty much ble- like just kind of going through it at like a breakneck speed i was having a lot of fun with this until i hit this zone and it's this really stupid plat like climbing this spinning tower with and their blades on it because you're trying to climb your way out of hell and it was just like boy i don't even know how to describe it it was so bizarre because these blades would come out of nowhere and Kratos climbs so slowly that your timing had to be spot on to, to not get hit. And when you got hit, you got sent all the way back a section. It was like, Ooh. I'm so mad. Jesus. But when I but when I beat it, I was like, I did it. Okay, 
what next? Go beat the final boss. Kratos like, thank God. Thank God of war. We're almost done. Yeah, that um, that is something. Uh, gracious. Mm. <clears throat> I'm trying to think of anything that I'm proud of as far as game challenges. Because I've got a couple, but like, it depends on how old I was, right? Like, I remember when I was very young, um, beating the final, final boss in Fantasy Star Online uh, in single player for a game that was intended to be multiplayer. It oh my gosh. Good. It felt pretty good. I was <laughs> oh, just like, right. that's right. Suck you it, beat- you giant fucking demon spawn Wait, from hell. <laughs> how did you beat the final boss as a, as a single unit? I, I, you know, that game was weird and I had more free time when I was young than I do now. And I just... I just remember, like, getting wrecked by this thing again and again and again, and I'm pretty sure that I had to beat the entire level beforehand in order to even get to him. I, I might be wrong about this, but I remember there was some kind of prep work you had to do. But, mm-hmm. like, God, just... It, it was... it was I was a happy man. I was a happy man. I, I just gotta be honest. <laughs> I'm shocked that you beat a... Because I think Fanny Star Online, wasn't that a MMO? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, How it, did you it beat was... a raid boss on your own? I mean, okay, so the way Fantasy Star Online worked on your Dreamcast is you're supposed to plug it into the internet, right? Oh, Lord. Oh, so I boy. just never did that. And so it was just like, oh, okay. This is some bullshit right now. But we... I'd, I'd like to know how you beat the final boss. I don't remember. I, 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 it all, I, for all I know, it's a myth at this point. It fe- it's like, you know, those memories you have of just like, I feel like that happened, but it seems like almost impossible to be true. Listen here, Zach. <laughs> Young Drew was such a savant at games, but once he defeated the final boss of Fantasy Online, he had to seal his powers away, <laughs> never to be used again. It's I mean, too I... much, too much power. I beat Sephiroth in Kingdom Hearts. He's pretty tough. Oh, I couldn't do that oh one. That one, I beat him in two, where he is considerably easier because they give you more options, but I couldn't beat him in one. Dude, in one, where, like... I, I hate, Sin Harvest <laughs> is the worst move. Oh, uh, is that the one that, like, basically just murders you? Like, I know there dude, was one where it's just wait. like, oh, I have died. Oh, man, that actually, that reminds me of uh, video game bosses, like, the challenge of video game bosses where the abilities are somewhat random is... Some bosses will just become, well, roll of the dice. If they get their super move, you're pretty much dead. Yeah. Uh, so for so Zach, Sephiroth in Kingdom Hearts had this move called Sin Harvest, because of course he did. Yeah, of course. And it would drop you down to one HP, and then he would immediately follow up with like almost a teleport towards you and a slash. And his slash has a crazy long reach. Wait. And it was like, wait, Sephiroth what, teleports what you... behind you? Nothing personnel, kid. <laughs> uh, usually it's not behind you. It is usually in front of you. He just kind of does this cute little hop forward and giant slash and you're dead. Like, and oh, it's also wow, worth man. pointing out that like Kingdom Hearts 1 is significantly more difficult than 2. Like 2 is where you get all the cool anime stuff that like makes the game like not a giant pain in the butt. But 1 is just like, oh cool, you got this little sword? That's nice. We didn't program for you. You dead. <laughs> the programmers didn't program sorry well you know this is one of those one of those good games one of those good games yeah let's see here. zach do you have another one i do um so i played a game of overwatch competitive once mm-hmm. and uh we had eventually we got the cart to the end of the map in overtime it was like it was it was uh i forget what they call it but they're mixed ones where you have to like capture the point and then you follow the payload at the end um, so we mm-hmm. just barely did it. Um, 
and this was right after they had they had um beaten us they had gotten like an extra four minutes um or like an extra three minutes they they had like really solidly trounced us um yeah. on their way to get the cart and i was talking and i was playing with a friend of mine i was playing with drew not drew in here but other drew um and i was just like dude we're done we're done we lost this round and he's like no we haven't lost this round yet and we end up full holding on the first point all the way to the end and we end up tying the match and i know that's not a win but it felt like a win (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty good yeah like getting a full hold is is a challenge on its own Mm-hmm. And so being able to do that after after you had been solidly trounced by the opposing team is just it felt so good. Mm. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Adam, you got any? Uh, I have one from a platformer. So there is this game called Guacamelee. Oh. Guacamelee is a fantastic game. It is a platformer, Castlevania, or yeah, it's a Metroidvania kind of game where you are playing as a magically empowered luchador, and you have to go save the spirit world in your world and you know stop the end of time guacamole is fantastic except except for the zone at the i think the top of the tree there's this giant tree you climb up at the very top there is a platforming challenge i think it's the one oh it's the vanishing platform one and it's how do i describe this you're basically in this cave at the top of a tree somehow i think you get warped there or maybe you're at the top of a mountain yeah mountain that makes more sense and as you're platforming, the the platforms disappear on like on like a one, two, three, vanished. One, two, three, they're back. Hmm. And it was so fucking difficult trying to remember where exactly they were. Because some of them get to the point where they're only as big as the absolute smallest amount you can stand on. So you have to be perfect. Oh. And I remember just playing through that getting so frustrated because it was like the last power-up I needed. I was like, please... I just want to be done. I'm so close. Please. Uh, and I finally got it done. And I remember sitting back in my chair, put like arms hanging down. Like I dropped the controller. I was like, I did it. <laughs> yes. Finally. And what did I get? Look, you have infinite flight. Now you never need the platform again. It's like, wow. Thanks for giving that to me after I beat the hardest platforming section. That helped a lot. I guess it makes sense because it's like, hey, you just proved that you can beat our hardest platforming challenge. So here, never have a platforming challenge. But at the same time, it was like, please, couldn't you have given this to me like a second sooner? Let me have some fun with it. Oh, Lord. Adam, that, that kind of segues into our next question. Um, have you ever lost your mind over a game-related challenge? And I don't know yes. if you quite lost your mind there, but it sounds like it was at least a little frustrating. So here, sense? let me tell you about a game called Guacamelee. Guacamelee. <laughs> uh, no, Guacamelee, I, I didn't lose my mind over. Uh, it was getting frustrating, but it, it, it kept... I kept getting slowly and slowly further into it, and... At some point, you kind of start just getting into a rhythm with it. Um, have you guys ever had that happen where you're playing a really difficult section of a game and you get really good at it, but at some point, you start, like, losing all of the skill you had just acquired and go, Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like, you you had a zone and you're just like, oh, wait, like, somehow I can't, I can't, my, my hands don't work right now. Yeah, yeah I've like, had that. I've had that. Like, that's what happened with Guacamelee. But I beat that one, but it was never, like, I'm so mad I don't want to do this. I have had that with certain games. Uh... And I'm trying, I'm trying to remember the... So the, probably the biggest example of losing my mind over a game where I just, like, couldn't anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I actually pretty much lost my mind on the last two bosses of the Old Hunters DLC. Oh, oh dude. wow! Yeah, I, which were I believe it. <laughs> so, um, I know. So Zach, I, this is kind of this is kind of jump over to you for a second. Yeah, you played through the Old Hunters I DLC did. for Bloodborne on um, New Game Plus. Yes, I believe I'm on New Game Plus, and it was a bad decision. <laughs> and yeah, it's a really not great decision. Here's the problem I ran into. Uh, the pro. How do I describe this? So I was not, I wasn't on New Game Plus like Zach was, but I was on a new character and I was trying out a new build that I was kind of ah. still kind of getting used to. I decided to go for a Strength Arcane build. Okay, and so I don't know what weapon. So basically, I had the Beast Cleaver, the the chain sword thing, okay. and Ludwig's Holy Blade. Oh, and okay. I right. think it was. I'm trying to remember what happened because it. I lost my mind because I was in a particular state of mind at the time. Uh, in that. I was so close to just being done with this game, and I had been playing Bloodborne pretty much nonstop for almost a year. Uh, mm. And I told myself, "Okay, once I beat this, I think I'm going to put the game away because I really want to go on to something else." Uh, mm-hmm. That kind of happens to me sometimes. I have I let games just kind of go on too long, and then I'm like, "I want to put this away." Uh, Persona Five never had that problem. That just went on forever. But Bloodborne, I was like, I kind of want to just be done with this. And the fact that my build didn't seem to actually help or do anything against Orphan or Lo- and Lawrence uh, was really upsetting me because it was like, I don't want to sit here and grind because that kind of, like, I just don't want to sit here and grind. Mm. None of the sk- none of the uh, hmm. strategies I can think of seem to work on them. Uh, like, Orphan, I hit a point where it's like, I can't even tell what he's about to do anymore. And Lawrence just did so much damage all at once that it was like, the build I had made was not equipped for that, if that makes sense. I mean, I see, Arcane, yeah. like, I know Arcane has its perks. I just never saw the appeal of it. It seemed like it took too long to make it useful. So but, Arcane you know. is you have to invest, yeah. basically useless in the start, in the beginning of the game. So I had already gone through that whole game pretty much, pretty, like, underpowered. And the thought of, like, okay, if I want to make this work, I'd have to sit here and grind, like, Arcane up to... 99 or something oh that's a lot and it was like fuck that i'm not doing that i actually remember at one point trying to go to bed sitting in my bed unable to sleep got back up turned the game back on tried like for another three hours and said i'm actively too tired uh i eventually did beat them and i did it by summoning in help and just raffle stomping them and it felt so <laughs> good and i don't even care oh, <laughs> i i went to fight uh because i was talking to ian and i was like ian my build is not good for this, and I really just want this done. Will you help a brother out? And he said, Adam, tonight Ian joins the hunt. And ah. we fucking just slapped Orphan of Cost in the face and told him to sit down. Mm-hmm. Then I got my boy Matt, and we, the three of us, walked in and artillery magicked Lawrence to death. <laughs> and said, all right oh, then, this is enough. I'm done here. Um, oh, and there's reasons I think both need, like, Orphan is a really good boss fight. <clears throat> I actually think Lor- uh, Orphan's actually a good boss fight that I was just having mental, like mentally unable to kind of deal with at the time. Lawrence mm-hmm. is some bullshit. Lor- There's no reason this he should is, have that much health. This is super funny because my playthrough, I I play, I mainly play Holy Blade. I tend to play strength. I, I have a strength. I have a strength skill character. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lawrence was surprisingly easy for me. I beat him on my first try. Mm. Uh, again, this is kind of what I was saying about the build I was going for wasn't really helping me at this. Like, hmm. so you're playing Ludwig, uh, yeah. Ludwig's Holy Blade. I was using Ludwig's you have strength Holy Blade. And, you have strength and skill both mm-hmm. adding to your damage. 
Yeah. I just had strength, and the rest of my points were in uh, arcane because I was trying to get ar- an arcane build going. Okay. That didn't work. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's that's the thing. And uh, the other thing is that the my second weapon was the uh, saw blade, so the mm-hmm. saw spear. Yeah, um, boy. Saw spear. Saw spear is a stupid good weapon. Um, it is super fast and it is really good against beasts. So whenever I'm like fighting a beast enemy, I just switch to it. I'm just like. <laughs> yeah. I guess it boils down to this: of I was doing a playthrough with a build I thought would be cool, but ended up not being what I really thought it was going to be. It mm-hmm. it just never panned out the way I wanted to, and the thought of having to restart just to beat these two bosses or grind the hell out of the game neither was appealing, and it was kind of causing mm-hmm. me to lose my mind. Yeah, I, I yeah I've had that point with some certain things before as well. Actually, hey Adam, do you want to know something funny? So mm. Lawrence, I beat easy peasy. I still haven't beaten Orphan of Koss. Okay, so this is going to sound hypocritical. He is a really good boss fight. I just kind of <laughs> wish I had been able to fight him with things I knew how to use. Yeah, he is a really good boss fight. I I don't want to go in there and summon help just to beat him. I, I'm oh, just... dude, at that point, I didn't even care. It was like, <laughs> I, I'm done. I'm done. I'll, I'll come back to you later, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> the yeah, Orphan I... is fucking brutal, that's for sure. That's the thing, though, is that I keep fighting the Orphan, and the Orphan is a tough fight, but I never feel like it's too challenging. Like, every time I go do it, I never feel frustrated when I lose. <laughs> I'm mm. always like, hmm, okay, let me try this. Or, hmm, okay, so I just gotta do a little bit better there. Like, that's yeah. how I feel whenever I'm fighting Orphan. Well, Here's what's frustrating about the Orphan for me. Is, like, he's super hard. It took me forever to beat him. But the thing is, if you try to show him off to someone, he doesn't look that intimidating. Like, he's all about timing, so it's hard to convince someone that, like, isn't caught up on Bloodborne. Look, this guy is fucking horrible. You don't understand. Because it's just like, oh, he's a, he's a skeleton. Yeah. He's a little he's skeleton boy. He's a skeleton thing, boy who throws his uh, awkward weird sword umbilical cord. He yeah. throws his umbilical <laughs> cord at you and you dodge out of the way of it. How is that yeah. hard? It's because yeah. it's hard to dodge. So here, here's how I'll describe this. Uh, I didn't have the Holy Blade, which is my preferred weapon. The Beast Cleaver is a slow as fuck thing, and Orphan is fast. Yeah, that's it the problem. Like, imagine, yeah. Zach, have it, like, doing a big swing every time, but that's your fastest move. Oh, no. Like, and that's the only weapon I had upgraded, because it was oh, like, well, this has worked for everything else. Why is this not working here? Wow. Um, not, not to steal from Bloodborne fun times, but um, do we oh, have... Go, go ahead, please. Like, <laughs> yeah. this was just the one that, like... It's the only one I could think of where I was like, I'm going to kill my, like, I, I hate this game, but I don't, but I do. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm there with you. Like I, the games that frustrate me tend to be the ones that I'm so addicted to. That's why I stick with them. Like, um, I mean, Adam, <clears throat> you know, Devil May Cry 3, you know, you know how oh, that I game do. do, you know how that game do, mm-hmm. you know, you know, that bloody palace, you know, that bloody palace thing. Uh, <laughs> did you beat so, the bloody palace? No. And that's why I'm frustrated. Because I kept going and getting up and higher and higher and higher, and I had it plugged in in my grandma's house, like, <laughs> and for whatever reason, I'm sorry. for whatever reason. Okay, let me tell my story, Zach. Just, just let me hear me out. Young Drew really liked Devil May Cry three when he was going through some high school stuff, apparently, and. On a family trip, I was like, I like video games, I'll bring my PlayStation. And I don't know what it was, maybe it was just the Florida heat, but I was able to get to the highest level in the Bloody Palace that I had ever been in before. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, 
I was seeing things I had never seen before in that game. Because for people who don't know, Blood <laughs> Palace is like a challenge mode where you're just going into this like descending tower, or I guess ascending tower of hell. That's just like all these waves of enemies and all these very difficult boss fights and all these like harder than the core game lets happen bullshit things. And somehow in this particular place like my eye it's late at night my eyes are bulging out like i'm trying to be quiet because like my you know my family's trying to sleep but i'm there i'm at like this weird realm where everything is black and all the devil angels are there and i'm having so much of like a crazy mind warp and then then i die and i realize i was like a few hundred levels away from actually finishing the thing and i was just like oh, oh, no. out. what i'm out <laughs> i'm out <laughs> Yeah, by the way, Zach, Bloody Palace is 999 floors tall. Oh. Yeah. I was, like, at, like, I was there, and I, I knew that I was never going to be there. Because you know when you're in the zone of something? You know when you're in the zone, and you're just like, this is it. This is a rare treat. I'm using all of my spirit energy. And it just barely wasn't enough. And I just, oh, God. I. Oh, man. I'm reliving a sad memory. That's rough. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. And you can't even summon in co-op. <laughs> well, kind of. If you, if you use doppelganger, maybe, but not really. Uh, not really. Not really. Zach, how about you? Like, I've I've had moments with Bloodborne. Like, I talked about throwing my fucking controller. I remember you having some pretty bad difficulty with uh, who? Uh, Ludwig. Ludwig the Accursed. Oh, right. For a while. Oh, my God. And I remember this. I did have to summon someone and for I that. I forgot. You, you did. We watched you do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. So, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, I had I, I live streamed fighting Ludwig to Adam and Ian. I'm pretty sure you were the only guys watching, and like a, like one or two internet friends. As I just like ran in and kept dying to Ludwig. <laughs> Ludwig, some shit, dude. Like <laughs> now, see, this is the weird part, Zach. I didn't have much problem with Ludwig. I thought he was a really fun boss. It was probably because. Ludwig isn't screaming like Orphan is all the time. <laughs> Ludwig, yeah, yeah, but Ludwig is like a decrepit, dying like beast well, yeah, of a he, man. He keeps his fucking mouth shut. Ludwig, <laughs> Orphan never stops screaming. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I guess it's the, an intimidation uh, the thing factor. Is, then I actually I have largely figured out how to beat Ludwig. Mm-hmm. Um, it. Just I I summoned in somebody to help. I, I summoned in an NPC to help me beat Ludwig. Mm-hmm. To which, to be fair, the game gives you a lot of people to summon in to beat Ludwig. There are yeah. three different summon signs before him. <laughs> it's, it's like, all right, look, we we know we may have fucked up. Have three. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I summoned in my boy. Um. Oh, uh, what was his name? Walter. I summoned in my boy Walter. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Time for Walter. Um, and then we be, you know, and we ran in there and beat him eventually. I, I had to like give up, and I, I just had to, I had to do this. That. Is this is kind of quick tangent, just, just on Bloodborne. And I, we're talking a lot about Bloodborne because Bloodborne <laughs> is one of those challenge games. Like it is hard, and there's a reason for it to be difficult. Um, but like, how do I put this? There's some things about that game. I really wish you had like a boss rush mode just to practice bosses because. I feel like you could get better at bosses if you had the if it didn't take so damn long to get back to some of them, or you didn't have to stop and grind of blood vials. Um, uh, I, I think. Know, did you guys ever have that problem? The games have gotten better at putting you close to bosses. That's what I'll say. 
again this goes back to when i was younger i kind of liked the ritual of like okay i'm approaching the final boss i have to do all these things this particular run is going to be worth it but i i think now that i'm out of that weird psychological mindfuck i'm like no that's that's garbage i want a challenge that is at least manageable i want to just get to it i guess what i mean is like there were times where i was fighting ludwig or times i was fighting orphan where you'd spawn back at the lamp and realize I only refilled 11 blood vials. I don't have any more. And it's not like Dark Souls Estus where when you respawn, you get all of your healing back. No, you're out if you stop. And it's like, I guess I got to go stop and grind. Uh, Again, though, I kind of like that process of like, no, I'm building up for this fight. Like something about that is actually very appealing to me. Like I I did Mm. it with a lot with um, Tales of Symphonia where like there would be these big fights and I'd be like, okay, I clearly need to like have all the potions with me. I need to do all of these things. And like, I kind of like that. I don't know. Maybe I'm weird. There's a for me, there's a time and place and in a kind of end in a kind of Mm. game where that challenge of needing to get your items and everything ready for it is fine. Uh, but when I usually play the Souls games, I kind of just want to keep throwing myself at it constantly because I don't want to, like, lose the momentum I'm building. Mm-hmm. And then having to stop and, like, go farm the slime scholars, that kind of uh, breaks me out of the momentum. Yeah, farming momentum. slime That's scholars true. is something I had to do in that game. And let me tell you, it's not the most exciting thing. <laughs> it's time but you to know lecture what, my... the students. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we could lecture these students on? What's we that, could lecture Adam? them on the role of challenge in a game, which mm, we've kind we of could. talked a little bit about. But Yep. Well, how about we treat it like a little bookend to the episode? Um, the question, listeners, is r- r- what role should challenge play in a game, as Adam has just said? Um, so, you know, thoughts. Is it something that just is supposed to be there? Does it make a game unique over any other form of media? What are your thoughts, gal? I have many. Mm. Well, lay them on me, man, cub. Yeah, let me just, like, I think most games that exist should be a very sort of, like, easy-to-learn, hard-to-master style mm-hmm. in that it's, it's really easy to get into, but it can get more difficult, and the player has the ability to sort of properly scale it up to what they want. Mm-hmm. Because a nice yeah. wide range. But I think there are certain games that are only good because they are challenging. And so I think there mm-hmm. should be some games mm-hmm. that are just, like, hard, challenging games on mm-hmm. their face. Um, that exists just Mm. for that audience that like challenge and then i think there are should be some games that just should be uh whatever that kirby game was where you just can't die that it's just like it's all easy and it's mostly just about like breezing through but see even the kirby one that has its own challenge where that's a score attack like yeah you're not you're not dying because you have to restart the level but getting hit lose drops your score and if you're going for a score then like yeah but i I guess that's all i'll say yeah, but that's, that's, I like I like the idea that there should be some games that you should be able to just sort of breeze through. Um, and I think, honestly, I think the challenge exists as a way of supporting what the game's trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are certain games that are just really well-suited to being really high challenge. And I think there are certain games that are just not well-suited to being really high challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think most of the time you should be getting something that, that you should have some sort of like scaling of difficulty. Yeah. Scaling of like what the challenge is. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'd agree with that. Like, I I always like the games that are, like you said, and we've kind of said, the easy to learn, hard to master ones, where it's like, it the game, as you play it, will keep introducing new elements to you, and it'll kind of push you in the direction of what you should do, um, but it's kind of up to you to kind of figure out all the pieces together. And those are the challenge. and I think, to kind of, to your thing of like, 
some games should be challenging or not be challenging. I think it just kind of depends on what the player wants or is expecting as challenge. Because, like, the Kirby right. one's easy, but if you really want to go for score attack, that challenge is there. Uh, likewise, I think there are certain games where... Like, Dark Souls is a really good example of this, where the whole narrative purpose of the game is that you are struggling to get to a thing, and the whole thing is about your struggle and trying to persevere. And if that game were super-duper easy... Uh, it may lose some of the um, kind of the weight or gravitas of some of the things that happen later kind of thing. Uh, now, that's not to say that, like, it could... There's no way, like, Dark Souls could have, it like, an easy mode or something. But, like, I think it helps it that it is kind of a challenge and it is expecting more of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess I'd say challenge should be there for the people who want to have it. I am 100% always in favor of having difficulty options, though. Like, if you want the challenge, like, Mm -hmm. my philosophy is this. Normal, if you are the game designer, normal mode should be what you're balancing. When you make the game, that should be your normal. If you want to make it harder, put that in, like, a hard mode or additional areas or with additional modifiers. Mm -hmm. uh, Or, and if you want to make it easier, you know, scale it down, but keep everything the same. Like, it's just... Instead of three re- good reads, you now need, like, two good reads kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I guess with me, when I think about challenge in a game, like, I don't think it should be... I think it should be a part of the design process, right? Like, you should... If you're... You guys have said it already. Like, if you're planning on making a game that's going to challenge people, like, be be willing to bring it. And if your focus is, like, we want to tell this particular story, then I would say you know if you want it to be completely story driven if you want people to just experience something all the way through like most people Mm -hmm. drop games like i think i think we've brought this up before like portal has like an 80 percent like not completion rate or something egregious like that and that's not a very difficult Mm -hmm. game but people do get frustrated and i think just knowing what you're building for is gonna like decide that right because like i think of devil may cry that game is nothing without its challenge like it's it's got good stuff in mm-hmm. it, but, like, a lot of the appeal of that is, you know, the difficulty and the sense of accomplishment, and you don't get a sense yeah. of accomplishment out of, like, doing like, nothing impressive, you know? Virtual Virtual 3 would not feel as amazing if it were a pushover. Oh, no, not at all. Even on, like, if you were to scale the difficulty down for that, it is still a difficult fight because you still need to be able to learn the reads, react at a certain time just by dropping the difficulty, you kind of get more opportunities to learn that instead of just getting kicked to a game over kind of thing. It's weird for me Uh, because I'm thinking about it and I seem to fluctuate between like, I have games that I like that are super difficult and like give you that sense of accomplishment and challenge. And then I have the games that are like, this is completely story driven and this is all mm -hmm. I want. And like, don't waste my time by pretending that you want it to be about challenging me. Uh, Actually, one thing I wanted to bring up and, um, mm -hmm this is kind of a new trend mm-hmm. is that uh well what it stems from is probably isn't a new trend uh is that a lot of games nowadays instead of calling a game easy mode are now calling it story mode mm-hmm. i don't know have you guys noticed that yeah yeah i I've have seen, seen that. that i have like, seen that i remember playing uh deus ex human revolution and instead of having an easy normal hard mode it says it, it's it frames it as like a i want to experience the story which is just you know, you're going to be a bit overpowered, but you really just want to go for the story. There's the middle option, which was give me, give me a challenge, which is this is the normal mode. This is how we balanced it. And this is, this is for people who want the most like true to honest version of it. 
And then there was like a hard the hard mode was like give me Deus Ex, and it was like as unforgiving as possible. And I really thought that was a good way of handling it. And I'd like that a lot of games have story mode where it's like you still need to beat the game, but we know you're here for the story, so we're not gonna try. We're not going to dump all of this, all of the game on you. Kind of like what you were saying, Drew. I mean, I can see that. I. I... I can see that working fantastically in a game like Bioshock, right? Where, like, there's this huge narrative that, like, they clearly want you to care about. And, you know, that's why they have the Vita Chamber system. For people who are like, no, I'm dying all the time. Just make it so that I can figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. Flip that around. You know I'm a big Dishonored guy. I don't know how you could make that game what it is without having there be tension just through the moment to moment play yeah and that game is kind of like you know there's a very intricate sense of lore and story to that game but you only get it by pushing yourself and that Mm kind of locks some people out but for me i think the game would be lesser if it didn't do that and you know that's that's just part of the design process for that game so i'm kind of at a loss you know you're right Mm -hmm. it just depends on what you want to do well that's because everybody's kind of good at certain things and stuff. So that's true. That's why I'm always like big on options kind of that's thing. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Give like, them options. Like, go a la carte. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well then, well then, guys, we've gone through a series of questions. Has anyone anything else to say, or is it time for that big old beautiful part of the day called Design Club? I'm ready for some designs, Adam. I am ready for these designs. All yes. right, gentlemen, audience. Da-da-da! Your challenge for this particular episode, this design club, you must create a custom difficulty for yourself. Something oh, that man. will take the things that actually challenge you, that push you, you specifically. Find your own weak points and be like, that one, that one, and that one. But make it fun. <laughs> okay, it so fun. <laughs> so we're basically, we're creating a hard mode for ourselves? Yeah. Oh, I thought that, I misunderstood this. I thought this was create a custom difficulty for a game. Yeah. Well, okay, if that's what you guys thought, then let's go with that instead. <laughs> if I can't write words, then let's go with the one that you guys assumed. Writing words is its own challenge. Like, okay, so we're creating a difficulty system in a game, correct? How about this? We're creating a custom difficulty for any game you can think of. Okay. I have one. Give it and to I've been me. I'm mulling oh. it over in my head. Okay. Give it to me. And I want it, and it kind of goes to what we were just talking about. Let's do it. Uh, because, so this, I was going to bring this up real quick of... There's kind of this thing in game culture at the moment where having a game be difficult is now like this mark of elitism kind of thing. Where it's mm-hmm. like, how many times have you heard the thing, this is the Dark Souls of oh, right, this yeah. game and stuff like that. Like, Cuphead <sighs> is the most away. recent. Huh? Ah, uh, yes, the Dark <laughs> Souls away. of platformers. Before oh, that, Hollow Knight. Before That's that... Right um i not i want uh, you guys. all right but but basically anytime a game comes out that is difficult um it it for some reason always gets compared to dark souls and i, I remember thinking about one time how would you make a easy mode for dark souls it, it just kind of got me thinking of you know because it is a difficult game and the game is meant to be difficult because it wants you to try to be like to best it because it part of the thematic and the challenges of beating that game but how would you make it an easy mode and so here's kind of what i came up with that uh one i feel like if you were going to have an easy mode you would have to scale the enemies down but the player up because Mm -hmm. that game when you really really boil it down and this is true of most action games is a game of resources and engagements of Mm -hmm how how did you trade that attack for what what did you get out of that and how much do you have your resources 
So what I'm thinking is, is if you were able to scale the the enemies down, but the but the player up a bit, what ends up happening is like so. Let's say, what's a good example? Ludwig. Let's get let's try Ludwig. Even though that's not Dark Souls, that's Bloodborne. Basically, instead of needing seven really good reads on Ludwig to actually beat him in this easy mode, it would only you would really only need five good reads. He still mm-hmm. has all of the same AI and all of the same stuff, but you but the player playing on easy mode A has more has more health and specifically more defense to try to have more attempts at these engagements, and two mm-hmm. they they need fewer good reads to actually beat the boss. You still have so, to do the thing, but they just kind of go faster. I actually think I feel like that's sort of a shorter mode, if you could say that. Yeah, actually, that seems like that seems like like shortened mm-hmm. mode if you want to beat the game real fast. Yeah. I think the like if you wanted to have an easy mode for Dark Souls, what you'd want to do, I wouldn't even change the stats. Well, I'm I, not even done with I'm not even done with that. So, but I'll hear oh, what you're saying. Oh, okay. dear. Well, I would I was just gonna say you you want to slow down their swings and give them more lead time. If you mm. slow down the swings of your enemies and you give a little bit more lead time for players to figure out what they're doing, mm-hmm. it would become significant. Like that small change would make the game significantly yeah. easier. Well, the reason I went with stats and for making I guess a quote unquote shorter mode is that how to put. The enemies in these kind of games are so specifically tied to their animations and their reads, and that's where the challenge is. Mm-hmm. And your ability to read, like, okay, they're doing this move, I need to make this move, is the challenge of that game. Your right. moment-to-moment decision-making. So part of the thing with, with any Souls game is that what gets you killed isn't the reads, it's how long the boss fight is going on. Because that's more opportunities to mess up. But if you are more powerful, uh, or if the enemy takes more damage, that is significantly shortened down. So somebody can get through it while still having to figure out the different moves and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that can be kind of a contentious thing. But I did think... And so there was a second part of... If you if you didn't get invaded... If you couldn't be invaded, but you could still summon help kind of thing. Because one of the things about Dark Souls and Bloodborne right. is that you can just kind of get invaded and then well great now you have to fight a person who is significantly harder than ai and if that's kind of off-putting to people playing this almost easy mode thing is you can get co-op but you're not going to get randomly jumped kind of thing yeah i don't know how much that would change it because i like that one would depend it yeah depend- because in the beginning of dark souls uh, like any souls born kind of game you're going to get invaded a while and they've actually tweaked that mechanic enough that it just doesn't happen that often and even when it does, you're usually you usually only get invaded with other when you already have people. Right. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. And hmm. so that's why I'm saying like if you wanted to make an easy mode, don't let yourself get invaded if you summon co-op. Just get the co-op. Hmm. So that that's kind of what okay. I thought. Um, I think that would it, work. I think that would work. Because um, you're scaling up stats. You're you're basically removing a lot of the more a lot of the bigger pain points. I yeah. believe in you, Adam. I guess when I was thinking about this, it was how do you preserve the challenge of being of needing to make the reads and be and still maintain that sense of accomplishment when you've done it. But I guess making like a shorter mode, like Zach said, uh, would be kind of be the way to do it, where it's like you just need to have you have more opportunities to make the good reads on an enemy, hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, that's that's oh. why. And, and I, I don't know. I kind of just, again, I kind of disagree with it. I think giving players more time to to see the lead and 
be able to get at something in in time, I think yeah. would do a significant like would significantly um, help the player in terms of like getting those fights down. And it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like just sort of a stat scaling thing. I guess because the reason I just I disagree with that is if mm-hmm. you slow down the enemy in easy mode, if they ever want to go up to normal mode then their timing and the ability to make those reads is now thrown off because now the enemy is moving at normal speed. In this mode, everything is still exactly as you would in the normal difficulty. You just need to do it as... You you need to have... I guess they're just not lasting as long, so there's less room for... There's more room for you to kind of learn the boss before getting booted out. Hmm. Yeah, no, I see what you're going for here. That makes that does make a lot of sense. Um, I don't know. I, I It was something... I, I think it just... It would be something that you would have to test. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, of course. See what yeah, happens. Like, you know what's funny to me? Fucking Dark Souls 2 actually had a really good easy mode, and it never even brought it up. What? Like, there's an easy mode? Yes. There's a super easy mode, and it's fantastic, and it's really smart, and I don't know why they didn't bring it back. Okay, so there's what... A, in Dark Souls 2... So one of the problems with Dark Souls is that you can make all this progress, get your souls, die, and if you and you'll lose all those souls. Right. Dark Souls 2 says, okay, we'll make you a deal. You put this ring on. You lose a ring slot. In exchange, when you die, you don't lose your souls. This ring breaks, and you need to spend 3,000 souls to repair it. Hmm. And it, it's, I thought it was a really smart way because it says, if you're, co- if you're confident enough, you get your ring slot back. If you don't think you can do it, sacrifice a ring slot because you have four instead of two now. So you have, mm-hmm. now you have three. Sacrifice a ring slot, but now you'll always make progress. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. And I thought that was just ingenious. I thought it was really good. Then they fuck stuff up by putting life gems. Like, oh. Hmm. What were life gems? Oh. I don't... Uh, sorry, you know, Yeah, I never played... I never played nah, Dark Souls 2. I'm it's going on too long. But guys, go... What would you do? So my difficulty system would be... Uh, I, I guess it would be specifically for, like, an RPG. Um, and being able to tweak... How much experience you get per fight. I think, like, for me, like, difficulty in an RPG is, let's take a look at the variables. Like, the difficult, like, how hard are the enemies? Um, like, how, how many resources do you get? And how much does healing do? How much damage does damage do? Being able to, like, pick and choose how those variables scale throughout the game is basically how I would want to do a difficulty system. And so that way players can, like, set up such that, like, they can make it, they can make my personal preference my personal favorite sort of difficulty which is like really high xp value so there's basically no grinding um and then make every fight like really dangerous and deadly you make all mm. the fights really hard but they're all very rewarding for it and i That'd think kind of fun yeah so that would be a hear fun me out on RPG. this one you're effectively arguing for customizable difficulty correct yes so my issue with that whenever i've seen it is that seems like a really useful thing for someone once they've beaten the game. So would that hmm. be the intended audience for you? Because I, if I'm a new player to something, I don't know what half of the things that make a game difficult are, right? Well, okay, so how about this? How about you have those, but then you have a bunch of presets. Hmm. And you have the That's presets fair. that are sort of like descriptive of let, what the playstyle is throw, uh, Let me throw two examples at you. One, did you ever play a game called Bravely Default? I did. Doesn't it have like customizable difficulty a bit? Um, I believe so, but I never, I like never really tweaked with it all that much Mm. other than to give myself more experience. (laughs) The bad example. I will tell you, there is one game that had that, that I actually really liked. Uh, there's a game called the world ends with you Mm. and it actually has, what you can do is while you're in a zone, you can either slide 
there's a slider that you can scale up or down that will either power up or depower the enemies in a zone. And you can do this at will at any time. And it's mostly used for farming and stuff like that. Like if you want, yeah. like, so yeah. if you say, I want to scale all of the enemies up, you're going to get, they're going to hit way harder. They're going to have way more health, but they give better rewards. Right. right. Yeah. kind of sound like what, what you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. And it so worked out like really that. well. Yeah. That, yeah, no, it totally makes sense. Um, mm. That's, that's kind of what I'd want to do is is okay. some sort of like way of scaling things to sort of mm-hmm. match what you're trying to do mm-hmm. or give sort people, of give the people exactly what they want is what exactly you're saying. there you go mm-hmm. hand them what they want and that's my difficulty like system it. how about you drew okay well adam accounted for new players in easy mode zach accounted for experienced players or players and letting them have whatever their heart desires i'm trying to think of something that would give you an interesting challenge right and because people have been talking about Bloodborne, I'm trying to think in Bloodborne and Bloodborne Realm because we're here, we're doing it. The goofy one that I think of is I would like to see a difficulty mode where the challenge comes from actively avoiding achievements, where what? you have pre like you have achievements that you need to get in the game, right? And then there's a lot of things you just kind of get automatically by doing this and the other thing. I think a really interesting challenge would be you need to like block yourself from unlocking or doing anything that gives you an achievement mm-hmm. or or you do you have a run where the like the ones that are like pre-baked for like you beat a boss or something are turned off and then it's just like you need to not fuck up otherwise you got to start all over again <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's mean i know and it's kind of goofy and dumb but i think as far as like you know i ain't seen that before like mm. i think it would keep me on my toes because it's like i have this list of things i have to be checking for i have this sort of i understand the game and i understand what's considered good but now you're forcing yourself to play in a new way that like actively mm-hmm. breaks the system yeah that would so, be an interesting uh, <laughs> difficulty the difficult it, so if i get you right it's basically like whenever you would normally get an xbox challenge an xbox uh xbox live achievement instead you lose the game well like like think of it like this i'm thinking about like in the realm of certain games that i play where like you get achievements you get things for doing really specific types of challenges and those are often the most rewarding fun things to do so i'm trying to think of like okay what if you have the inversion of that where you're like effectively forcing yourself to speed run a game (laughs) while playing like an idiot so you don't get any of the like oh you got this kind of comp like you can't you can't have combos you can't use magic you can't level up like you're locking your yourself out of all of the good stuff that you're just all right with. Like, this is all an insane I just, difficulty i thought of i thought of two difficulties one for each of you <laughs> drew for, for devil may cry you don't get to buy any power-ups i hate you the most adam you, you get the weapons <laughs> but you don't get any of the new moves it's all uh, you start with oh, see that's no. what i'm talking about that's what i'm talking about and then for zach <laughs> me and my cousin rob were thinking about this the other day what if there was a run of Persona and the entire challenge of the run was no social links? You can't talk with anybody. <laughs> that's amazing. Wait, wait, no, could so- you do talk with nobody? Could, some- that's the loner run, isn't it? Like you're just you're a drifter. You're doing your own thing. You can't have friends. Well, the, you still have a team, but you have no friends. Oh, I thought social links. Well, you were don't like get how any- you had friends. You game. don't get any of their abilities. You don't get any of the bonuses. You don't get the level ups. And it's like, wow, this is. You get the level up. No, no, you level up, but you don't get like the social link abilities. Oh, or right. You don't yeah, get yeah. the arcana bursts and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. That's that so, is yeah. a genuine hard mode. <laughs> Man, I eagerly await <laughs> the day when I know what half of that shit means. Just so you know, like, oh, I'm boy. so ready for it. I'm ready. I'm ready for you to just be like, I have a, friends. I have emerged from the mountain. 
I had to beat him in Persona 5. <laughs> Talk <laughs> about a challenge! <laughs> I guess that could be another one. Like, um, like there's um, Metal Gear Metal Gear has this, right? Where you get an achievement for beating the game in like five hours or so. Like, mm-hmm. like basically speedrun achievements sound kind of fun. Speedrun. Um, um, did you ever see the run of... I think it was Ocarina of Time where you never, where you're not able to open a door. Excuse me. What do you mean? There's How a does run. That work? There's a run of Legend of Zelda that the challenge is you you aren't able to open doors. You have to glitch your way through. You you have to glitch your way to different areas. Now that's a super specific like challenge, but it's kind of fun. Actually, I would okay. So the no kill challenge mode for like MGS two or three, that's one. Mm-hmm. It's not really a mm-hmm. challenge; it's just sort of a thing that happens. But I think a challenge mode for a game where something really weird and specific like that, like you cannot open doors. You can beat the game. You can definitely beat the game normally without opening doors. But the challenge of this game mode is that you cannot open doors. I'm trying to think of a really Drew. Have you ever looked into Metroid randomizer runs? That would be a challenge. What is that? How does what is that? What is it randomizes what items you get when? So like you go into a room. I'm supposed to get the morph ball bombs. Nah, today you picked up the space jump. Like oh, (laughs) okay then. (laughs) Okay, that would. Wouldn't you be locked out of levels then? Because you need. You might be. (laughs) Yeah, you might be. (laughs) As long as it's accounted for. Uh, I just I just I just thought of a goofy one. I just thought of a goofy one. Um, a game where you, I'm sure this exists, but basically you play it at like, you take the speed of like the way the game runs and you crank it up to 500. So like mm-hmm. you have, you play a game at like, like Devil May Cry 3, but everything moves at 500 speed or like five times the regular speed. So I'm it's like hyper, stop. <laughs> God. That's what, that's what turbo mode is. It's just a hyper turbo mode. <laughs> Give me more turbo mode. Well, that's insane. Hmm. Trying to think of any um, other really fun, like that would be like really fun mm. achieve like challenge modes mm. let's see here. um i don't well, know oh. um i'm trying to think i mean it, it's possible we've I come up you, with i wonder if you could beat mario with never ever picking up a mushroom oh sure that'd be hard could that'd be a good one that'd be a good one no mushroom and if you die you go to the bat you go to the beginning oh okay i, I heard that as if you die you go to the bathroom and i was just like um, okay. that's right if you die in mario <laughs> go take a shit <laughs> I mean, you are a plumber, so, like, whatever. I think we've run out of steam on this challenge. Yeah, we have. Unless anybody anybody has some really good ideas right now. I I think it's time for toast and pour-outs, gentlemen. I think we've hit that part of the night. Does anyone have any good ones? Um, Um, I'm going to do a toast. I'm going to do... I'm going to do a Mm pour-out for two magic cards. Three magic Mm -hmm. cards. (laughs) Jace the Mind Sculptor. Cryptic Command, and Snapcaster Mage. Oh. Those are the three cards that I could use in my current modern deck. And Cryptic Command is a $20 card. Snapcaster Mage. Right here, bro. Snapcaster Mage is a $75 card. I don't got that kind of money. And Jace mm. the Mind Sculptor is a $150 card. Drew, aren't you glad you never got into magic? <laughs> I'm really glad I never got into magic. Now, and that's my pour out. <laughs> I'll be entirely fair. I've thrown stupider money at stupider things. Okay, you know, here's my pour uh, out. My pour out is for all all the money that's been spent on magic. That's my pour out. There you go. Wow, there that's it all. goes. Um, I guess I have a pour out. 
Mm-hmm. I have a toast and a part. I have a toast to Ian and Matt. Thanks for helping me in my time of need. I think I literally had an anxiety attack trying to beat Orphan at one point, and that was no bueno. <laughs> God, uh, can I? I don't know if I should toast or pour out to the Orphan, but like, yo, that motherfucker. You fuck the Orphan. I hate that thing. <laughs> Oh, my mom died. I want to go hit this dude who just showed up. Dude, I didn't even do anything to you. I just showed up. I'm the good hunter. (laughs) I wouldn't do that to you. Oh, good Uh, hunter. And then I'm going to put put a toast up to Persona 5. What a a fucking uber mensch of a game. I love it so Mm. much. I love it. I love it. I think that's a good Uh, toast to end on. That's a good toast. Perhaps... Perhaps it's time for us for for us to learn how to beat one more challenge. And for that, I think Zach's going to have to give us a lesson of the day. Mm-hmm. Well, hey there, everybody. It's time now for the lesson of the day. Today's lesson, if things are getting too hot and too frustrating, just remember, you can go to the beach and just feel the waves. And that's my lesson for the day. Thanks, everybody. Oh, wow. Aww, thank you, Zach. That's, actively, you know- that's, that's what I actually do. That's great. <laughs> I know. I, now I have this mental image of Drew being like, I'm fed up fighting you, Virgil, and just running down to the beach and into the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Well, you know, there's your lesson. Uh, and, and what a lesson it is. Okay, folks, thank you so much for listening uh, to this wonderful show called Nitwick. If you like us, um, you can always reach us on Twitter, the Facebook, or you can email us directly at teamnitwick at gmail.com. That's team, N-I-T-W-I-C, at gmail.com. Hey, Drew. Yeah, Adam. I think we should put out an audience challenge. Audience member, you should email us or something. (laughs) That's our challenge to the audience. Okay, um, well, just so you guys know, this week's music was by Pro Leader, and next week we will be challenging ourselves with a brand new episode. It's going to be a mystery. It's going to be a mystery, so hang tight. Be ready. Uh, but until then, we'll be seeing you real soon, and um, don't read too much Sonic fan fiction. It's real bad for you. Yeah. And that's all I got. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Post pour- podcast pour out for that thing. Yeah. <laughs> Audience member, you don't know what we're talking about yet. Mm, or they do spicy or don't listen to the sonic thing please i'm having ptsd we need to end this podcast right now (laughs) yeah goodbye everyone (laughs) goodbye everybody goodbye everyone and catch me and adam for a bonus round yeah yeah goodbye bye